Good morning. My name is Peter Kroll. I'm one of the elders, and it is a privilege for me to be back among you after some sickness and traveling. Do you ever feel like your world is a mess? Do you ever wish for more help or some clear guidance through it? Because this morning, I hope to persuade you that your best guide is the truth. Now, that might seem like it ought to be a straightforward and self-evident fact. All right, my best guide is the truth, of course. But if it were truly straightforward and self-evident, our world wouldn't be in such a mess now, would it? For example, if you have ongoing struggles with same-sex attraction or gender, your gender identity, I am so glad that you're here this morning and the truth is your best guide. If you are feeling lonely or anxious, if you are afraid or despondent, the truth is your best guide. If you have been concealing a habit you're not proud of from fear of being caught, the truth is your best guide. That's where we're heading this morning in the book of Proverbs. No matter how severe the mess, the truth is always your best guide. And I would like to show you first exactly how truth is better than falsehood. And then we'll get clarity on why truth is better than falsehood. Because truth is our best guidance for the mess we're in. And the truth is quite available to those who actually want it. So let me pray for us again for our time in God's word. Our Father, we ask that you would please open your word to us like a beacon. Shine forth your light. Illuminate our hearts. Give us ears to hear that, we, that, that your word would light up our path and be a lamp for our feet, that we might walk in the way you would have us and we could see our way to you more clearly. I pray these things uh, by the power of your spirit and in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, in the first half of the sermon this morning, I would like to show you not only that the truth is true, which it is, and not only that the truth is the right thing to do and to believe, which it is, but I would also like to show you that the truth is beautiful. The truth is the best and the most delightful way to live. So this is how truth is better than falsehood. Point number one. And the first way that truth is better than falsehood is its rarity. Truth is so rare. Just like a diamond or an emerald, the rarity of truth gives it tremendous value. Look up on the screen at Proverbs chapter 20 verse 6. Many a man proclaims his own steadfast love, 
but a faithful man who can find. Now, this word faithful in the second half of the verse, Proverbs uses this word not merely in the sense of someone who is loyal, but in the sense that someone is trustworthy because they speak and live according to the truth. So when he says a faithful man, he's not saying that this person is like a trusty puppy always by your side. He's saying that you can take this man's words at face value. And the fact of the matter is that many people will proclaim their steadfast love. Many people will say that their word is their bond. But how many people actually live that way? When someone says they'll meet you at 2 p.m., how many of them actually show up on time? I wish I did more often. When someone says they'll perform for you a task by a certain deadline, how often can you trust them to be faithful to get it done on time without needing extra reminders or pressure? When you proclaim your steadfast love for someone... Perhaps even by saying you'll pray for them. How often do you prove faithful to do as you have said you would do? Because it's easy to say pleasing things when we expect people to like us for it. But who can find the person who will do what they say? Who can find a faithful man or woman because truth is rare. And how beautiful is it to find such a rare and precious thing in a person? Truth is better than falsehood by being rare and precious. The second way that truth is better than falsehood is because the truth can literally save lives. Look at chapter 14, verse 25. A truthful witness saves lives. But one who breathes out lies is deceitful. You see right here, truth can save lives. And I need to define this again. When this verse speaks about a truthful witness, it's not primarily speaking about ordinary conversations on the street or in our homes. It's actually talking about what goes down in the law courts. Did you know that the Bible has a very deep concern for what takes place in a society's justice system? The Lord knows that if you lose truth in the law courts, people die. Innocent people die. When injustice rules where justice ought to reside, a society is in huge trouble. And this foundational need for truth in the justice system is the moral foundation, the moral and philosophical foundation for that famous oath that trial witnesses are required to take. I solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God. The crazy thing is, how many people today 
who are called to give testimony in court will brazenly speak that oath and then breezily lie through their teeth on the stand with no regret. With no sense that there really is a God and that they will have to answer to him for invoking his authority with such indifference. So when falsehood reigns supreme and proven liars are rarely convicted for perjury, innocent people will die for it because a truthful witness saves lives. But the one who breathes out lies is deceitful. A society that brazenly lies under oath in its courts of law is a society that cannot be trusted anywhere else. Because liars care only for their own well-being and not for that of anyone else. Have you seen how deceit in our courts of law trickles down to deceit on the street? Perhaps it's easier to see in online discourse. I'm sure many of you see it in the workplace or in the classroom as well. But think about it online where anyone accused of certain crimes, okay? There are certain crimes you can't ever get away with, such as a hate crime or an accusation of abuse, any kind of abuse. And anyone accused of certain crimes is usually online presumed to be guilty regardless of the evidence. I I read recently an editorial that, that made the argument that though cancel culture claims to speak truth to power, really all it does is that, that cancel culture wants to speak power to power. You see, if you disagree with someone or you feel personally offended by their life choices, it's not hard to whip up an online mob to get them canceled so that they lose their job, they lose their social status, they lose many of their friends, And then within days, if not hours, you can simply forget about them and move on to your next target. And it doesn't matter if any of it was actually true or proven by the evidence. Those who breathe out lies are deceitful and cannot be trusted. Please do not let yourself be swayed by the online lynch mob. But withhold judgment until you have all the evidence. Truth is better than falsehood because a truthful witness saves lives. And the world is a beautiful place when innocent lives are saved by people who speak truth. A third way that truth is better than falsehood is that truth is more enduring than lies are. Truth is more enduring. Look at chapter 12, verse 19. Truthful lips endure forever but a lying tongue is but for a moment you see god is so concerned with the truth that he will make sure it endures forever and those lips that speak the truth will endure forever which is far longer than lying tongues will last they are but for a moment so if you're weary of a world filled with people who constantly lie and deceive one another just to get ahead, 
there's no need to be hopeless or to give up. Just wait them out because they're not going to last. Look at chapter 21, verse 28. A false witness will perish, but the word of a man who hears will endure. We're back to the law courts here with false witnesses. We're talking about social structures of justice where those who are willing to commit perjury will perish for it. But one who hears, presumably because of the poetry of the verse, one who presumably hears and recounts the truth, that person will endure. Truth is better than falsehood because it is more enduring. And this enduring nature of truth has great implications for the decisions made by any in positions of authority. Look at chapter 29, verse 14. If a king faithfully judges the poor, his throne will be established forever. There's that word faithfully again. Remember, it doesn't mean that the king is loyal to the poor. It means that he judges them according to the truth. He stands on the truth and for the truth. And because, as we've already seen, the truth endures forever, trustworthy leaders who plant themselves in the truth will be established. Now, this verse in particular, in speaking of the king is expressing a wish for a great king of Israel, a great son of David, who will speak, live, and embody the truth, remaining ever faithful in judging the poor. And that king came later, a few centuries after this was written. His name was Jesus. And no other human can live up to what he has done. But there is still a general principle in this verse that still applies For any in a position of authority. When God has appointed you to leadership in the church, in the government, in the workplace, in the family, wherever it may be. When God has appointed you to a leadership position and you rule or lead others according to the truth. Because the truth endures, you will endure. But if you turn to lies and manipulation, and deceit as your default approach, then it means you really don't want to last very long. So truth is better than falsehood because it is rare and precious, because it saves lives, and because it endures. I remember speaking to a retired pastor once who was really struggling with discouragement over how quickly he and his labor in ministry had been forgotten. Wouldn't it be great to be part of something that will last forever? Not myself or my self-respect or even my ministry. And this is what ultimately encouraged this retired pastor. That the truth he proclaimed would last forever. Now, one last way here that truth is beautiful and is far superior to falsehood is that your track record will catch up with you. Your track record will catch up with you. You cannot get away from it. Look at chapter 12, verse 17. Whoever speaks the truth gives honest evidence, but a false witness utters deceit. Now, this is is an interesting verse. Doesn't it sound quite elementary? 
Like, it's not really doing anything for us except just maybe defining terms. Okay, to speak the truth means to give honest evidence. And to be a false witness means you utter deceit. Why does the Bible have to tell us this? Isn't it just like saying good people do good things or lazy people do lazy things? I mean, isn't it obvious already? What does this add to our wisdom? But Proverbs really wants you to think. And you have to stop and step back and think about a verse like this when you come across it. Why is he telling us this? And the more I thought about it, the more I realized, you know, what do we mean when we say something like, boys will be boys? Or better yet, haters gonna hate. We understand intuitively that a person's, <laughs> a person's actions derive from that person's nature, such that boys will be boys and haters gonna hate. So also, our world is filled with people who say that their word is their bond, but They keep acting in deceitful and underhanded ways. Friends, actions truly speak louder than words. And when a person utters deceit, it is appropriate for you to grow wary of them and to begin to perceive of them as a false witness. And when a person consistently gives honest Evidence, it is only natural for them to acquire a reputation as a one who speaks the truth. So friends, please understand that you may be able to deceive some people some of the time, but you'll never be able to deceive some of the people all of the time. Your deceit will catch up with you and people will take notice. Or alternatively, your integrity will catch up with you and people will take notice. So please, test the Lord on this. Test the scripture to see whether it is so. This week, when you are faced with a particular situation where you might be tempted to lie or deceive, in that moment... You face that temptation. Don't just think about the present consequences of what you say. Okay, if I deceive this person, maybe they'll like me. Or if I, if I withhold the truth, maybe I'll get away with it and I won't get in trouble. Don't just think about the present consequences. Think about the future consequences. Because what you say right now will affect your reputation going forward from here. It will affect whether or not people can trust you. Can you live with that? Truth is better than falsehood because your track record will come up with you. And children, this isn't just for adults. This is for children too. Every time you tell a lie, it shows your parents and your siblings and your friends that they can't trust you or they shouldn't trust what you say. And that's not worth it. It is much better for people to think of you as someone who tells the truth, someone they can trust. Wouldn't society be a better place 
if people found truth more precious than getting themselves ahead of others today? Wouldn't society be a better place if the law courts and the justice system were fully trustworthy to save many lives? And if people cared more about cultivating an enduring track record of integrity than obtaining a momentary benefit from deceit? Such a society would not come apart at the seams. It would endure. All of these are ways truth is better than falsehood. Ways that truth is more beautiful and desirable than falsehood. But why? Why is this so? Why does the world work this way? Why are those things more beautiful? And what ought to guide us through this mess we're in? This is point number two. Why truth is better than falsehood. And the main reason I want to start with is... Uh, why truth is both more righteous and more beautiful than falsehood, it is because truth flows from the character of God. Truth flows from the character of God. God's character can be seen, can be observed by his affections, which we can see in the marketplace. Look at chapter 11, verse 1. A false balance is an abomination to the Lord. But a just weight is his delight. You see what God does here, he doesn't only commend ethical business practices, he personally despises falsehood with his strongest hatred. When it talks about a false balance, it's talking about ancient marketplaces. They'd have a literal balance. If I'm going to sell you some... Some grain, I'm going to put it on one side and on the other side I have my weights. So we measure how much it is and then I charge you per ounce or per, I forget what unit of measurement they used back then, whatever it is. And if I have a false weight, if I, you know, the weight is really uh, larger than it actually is and I can charge you more money than I ought to, that is an abomination to the Lord. That means he personally despises this. He can't even stand the sight of such falsehood. That's how God feels about false weights and balances. Or if we, if we think about this in modern terms, what are false weights and balances in the public sphere? This is how God hates redlining and false advertising and pyramid schemes and private inurement. And legislators who grant themselves exemptions from the burdensome laws that they place on others. Basically, God despises any corrupt financial practice that increases a person's profit margin to the harm of society's lower classes. Perhaps that covers the marketplace and the public sphere, but God's hatred is not limited to such spheres. Look at chapter 12, verse 22. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight. You see, the character of God is such that lies are despicable and faithfulness is delightful. And those who wish to imitate God's character 
will develop the very same set of affections. Look at chapter 13, verse 5. The righteous hates falsehood. Because we've already seen God hates it. So the righteous human also hates it. But the wicked brings shame and disgrace. So the first reason why truth is better than falsehood is because it is in God's character to love the truth and to hate, to despise falsehood. And because it's in God's character to delight in truth and despise falsehood, that leads to the second reason why truth is better, which is because God has codified these affections of his in the scripture. Look at chapter 30, verses 5 and 6. Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Do not add to his words, lest he rebuke you and you be found a liar. You see, because God is true in his nature and his character, his word always proves true. You can trust whatever he says. His word is his bond in a way that you'll never experience with any other companion. So God himself delights in truth and he hates falsehood, which leads him to encode the truth, to enshrine the truth in his own word, which we call the Bible. And therefore, the third reason why truth is better than falsehood is because God's truth will guide those who have the guts to listen to it. Look at chapter 11, verse 3. The integrity of the upright guides them, but the crookedness of the treacherous destroys them. You see, you can have integrity or you can have crookedness. If you lack integrity, all you've got left is crookedness. That doesn't mean that you're as evil as you could possibly be. It just means that you have veered. Your path is crooked. You have veered from the way of truth. And the result is that your veering will be the cause of your own demise. Your crookedness will destroy you. It's not worth it. Because those who listen to the truth of God, which flows from his character and is recorded in his word, those people have a sound and sure guide. The integrity and the truth of God, which they now possess by receiving it from him. So the upright have real integrity and that is the very best guide for them through life. The truth of God is like a lighthouse to a storm-tossed dinghy. What does that mean practically? It means simply that we cannot find very good guidance by looking deep within ourselves. Nor by listening to the world around us. The truth, which comes from God, is our very best guide for example how does this apply i often struggle with fear for the future i i'm 
I'm stressed out at times wondering whether we can pay for college for our kids or whether my children will continue walking with the Lord for the rest of their lives. And when I fear, the truth of God shines like a beacon from the nature and character of God in his word to guide me. Such as Lamentations 3 that that says, You, God, came near when I called on you. You said, do not fear. You have taken up my cause, O Lord. You have redeemed my life. So the truth of the word is my best guide in those moments. If you are struggling with same-sex attraction, the truth of God shines forth to guide you, telling you that this is not your orientation. It is not a part of your identity. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, the Bible says that the sexually immoral and those who practice homosexuality, among others, will not inherit the kingdom of God. But this is not your orientation and it does not have to be your fate because such were some of you, it says. Such were some of you. But when you trusted in Jesus, you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Friend, if you are confused or uncertain about your gender identity, the truth is your best guide and the truth of God shines like a beacon to guide you back to your created identity which God declared to be very good in Genesis 1 we are told that God created humanity in his own image in the image of God he created him male and female he created them And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And brothers and sisters, if you have been concealing a habit that you're not proud of, the truth of God is available in his word to guide you. Such as in Psalm 32, where the poet says that when I kept silent, My bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand, O God, was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Friends, let The truth of God be your guide. Whatever you're facing, whatever mess you are in, you can trust God's truth to guide you in all of these life decisions. And you can trust God's truth to guide you in the biggest decisions regarding your overall life direction. Because before Jesus died and rose again, he made a remarkable promise for guidance. Look at John chapter 16, verse 13. Jesus said, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. 
You see, Jesus promised us a true guide who would guide his people into the truth. But how is that supposed to work? So the Holy Spirit comes and he he speaks to us what he hears. But Jesus explained this just before this in the same conversation with his disciples. Look at John 15 verse 26. Jesus said, when the helper comes whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. Ah, so the Spirit of God, the Spirit of truth, who guides us into the truth, he is that faithful witness who is hard to find. And he comes directly from the nature of God, in the nature of God, and therefore he guides God's people into the truth, as this verse says, he does it by guiding them to Jesus. What's the big deal about that? How does it help to have the spirit of the living God guide us toward Jesus? Well, Jesus already answered that question just before this, still in the same conversation. He has a three-chapter-long conversation with his disciples. Look at chapter 14, verse 6, where Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So you see how this works? The Spirit guides us into the truth by guiding us to Jesus, who is himself the truth, and who then guides us to God the Father. He's the only way we can get there. Friends, what all this means is that the truth became a man to guide you back home to your Father. If you are sick or weary of a world that does not value the truth. A world where people care more about themselves than about one another. Do not fear, because the truth has come. His name is Jesus, and he is your best guide to bring you back home into God's family. Many a man proclaims his, stead, his own steadfast love, but a faithful man who can find Would you like to find someone you can trust? How is it working so far to attach yourself to friends and companions who devalue or ignore the truth? It's hard in our generation to find someone you can trust. But you really can still find him even today. Honor Jesus as King and Savior And you too can join his family. And if you wish to follow the truth, the Lord Jesus Christ, please do not play around with the truth the way the world plays around with the truth. Because your track record will catch up with you. And we all have a limited amount of time to show the world what God is like. Lying and deceiving others may be socially acceptable, but it will never show people the integrity and the faithfulness of God. Your world may be a mess, but the truth, the Lord Jesus Christ, is your very best guide. Please pray with me. 
Our Father in heaven, thank you for sending Jesus to show us the truth, to speak the truth, and to be the truth. The one whom we can trust like no other. And so, Lord, we ask that you would please help us to receive him, to be united to him, to become more like him, showing your truth and integrity in a world that often does not understand what truth and integrity are. Help us to be your people and to shine the light of your truth in a world that so desperately needs it. Help us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen.